The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. For Black folks in America, unfortunately, Health issues are nothing new. Too common are things like high blood pressure, heart disease, depression, anxiety. Under a white supremacist and even predatory medical system, it's unfortunately not surprising. So what's the alternative? How else can we take care of our health? I'm Jay from Push Black, and you're tuned in to Black History Year. So holistic health may not be something you hear all that often in black circles. You know, what some might call the mind-body-spirit connection. But more and more of us are tapping into alternative forms of healing, many of which come directly from our African ancestors. So today we're sitting down with Afia Ibamu to get honest about our health and challenge Western medical systems. Afia is a certified holistic health counselor, nutritionist, and author who saw a need to decolonize our approach to health, and she's filling that space. This is an episode about authentic Black love for our community, for each other, and how it all starts with loving ourselves. It's a topic I love, so I'm excited to share this interview with y'all. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What does Black liberation look like to you? I think liberation in general starts with self, self discipline, self knowledge. Me personally, being in different uh, movement groups um, at different times throughout my life, what I realized if we don't start with self, then we can never move to another place. You know, if you can't come to a meeting on time, 
you know, that's going to be an issue. You know, if you don't have self-love or deal with um, your traumas that you've had in your life, you're going to bring that energy into whatever space, you know, that you're in. And that can be a toxic space. And I think that we have to liberate ourselves from a lot of the conditioning that we've had just, you know, living in this country. And then we can move towards community and the world. In what ways does your work contribute to liberation, whether that's yourself, liberation, your family, or your community? I think that as a holistic nutritionist, I try to or I attempt to um, share what I go through from my own, you know, health issues that I've had in my journey and just um, the discipline that it takes to live a healthier lifestyle. Because a lot of times, you know, you can try to help other people, but if you're not helping yourself, people are not going to try to listen to what you have to say. And then I just try to give practical tips on things that we can do on a day-to-day basis to help ourselves, help our family, whether it has to do with food, whether it has to do with meditation, exercise, um, self-love, self-care, those types of things. So that's kind of what I do to uh, push the needle forward. And I think what I learned from being in the movement is that we all have our own specific skills and knowledge. And there's so many things that need to be done, so many issues that need to be addressed. And so what I learned is that um, I think that personally myself and others should focus on their specific interests, their um, specific uh, benefits that they can bring to themselves and to the community, and then use that to kind of help the collective move forward. I agree with that. Uh, We all uh, are unique. We all can contribute something. And I think sometimes the broader narrative is that it only looks a certain way to contribute to the uh, the community or to the, the struggle Um, But it can look a number of ways, depending on what we're able to do. How'd you come into the work you do as a holistic nutritionist? And what is a holistic nutritionist? Holistic health for me means to consider how every part of your um, life affects your health. So um, what we have is something called the wheel of life. And so if you think of your life like a, um, a bike wheel and there's spokes in the wheel, There's eight different spokes. So it's your career, your education, your relationships, your joy, diet, exercise, finances. So all of these different areas of your life, if you want to think of it in that wheel, um, they all affect each other. For example, um, if you don't have a lot of money, right, that may affect your relationships that you're in right? Um, If you're not exercising, that may affect the type of job you can do. If you don't have no money, you feeling sick, that's going to make you stressed. That's going to affect your relationship. That's going to, you know, so all of these things affect each other in different ways. And so ultimately our job is to try to be as balanced as we can within all of these areas. 
I'm seeing more now just the importance of how how do we deal with stress? You know what I'm saying? How are we dealing with stress? Are we meditating? Are we going outside? Are we getting in the sun? Are we getting in nature? As well as our food choices. A lot of times people in stressful spaces eat a lot of junk food, and then that makes your immune system low, which makes you susceptible to all of the things that are out here. Um, not dealing with our relationships well because we're not dealing with our stress well. And so that's causing a lot of friction within our family. So all of these things affect our health. And like I said earlier, it comes back to self, self-discipline, self-love, self-taking that time to focus on ourselves, focus on our energy, focus on how we are affecting ourselves and the people around us. I guess my job started with my own personal journey. Being really sick as a kid, I had asthma, allergies, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic dehydration, uh, migraines. I was on like eight different medications a day. And really seeing that the way the Western medical system was kind of trying to navigate me was not very helpful at all. My mother found an allergy specialist and he said it could be the foods that I was eating that was contributing to my health. And um, at a very young age, I was 15, I became a vegetarian. And this was like, you know, over 30 years ago, before internet, before Google, before cell phones, before any of that. So really just doing my best in trying to heal myself. Um, I moved to Brooklyn, New York. I met the sister, Queen Afua, who helped me to learn about being a vegan. Um, I uh, helped my husband to um, heal himself from gout. I helped my mother to live a better quality of life through multiple sclerosis. My journey started from self-healing, so healing myself, my family, um, and then I went to school to be certified in holistic health counseling from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, ultimately getting my bachelor's degree in nutrition um, from Georgia State University. So I, I kind of have a mix of Western uh, medicine and a mix of holistic health. But even through all that, you know, working through the movement, working in the community, I saw that there was a need, you know, a need for an alternative way to look at our health, you know, because now most of the science is uh, unfortunately based off European biology, you know, and, and ours is is slightly different, you know, and we need different things. And so that was kind of a motivator for me in a lot of the work that I do. You mentioned most of the research done, most of the solutions that are offered are based on biology of a different group of people. And I know you mentioned asthma. Are you able to add some context around what that means when you say that, you know, it's based on the biology of, of other folks? Well, interesting you bring up asthma. So specifically dairy products, right? If you think of African people, uh, many of us who live here in America come from um, West Africa and most people of color around the world are lactose intolerant, at least, you know, and um, we didn't historically eat um, dairy from cows, you know. Um, if we did, it was maybe goat milk. It wasn't cow's milk. And so many Black people who live here suffer from asthma because milk is promoted to our community. Milk, cheese, whether no matter what uh, socioeconomic level you are, milk is promoted to us. And that causes so much mucus for us that it can lead to things like asthma and allergies. And a lot of times you just have to take out the dairy, 
right? But Europeans, they have a history of eating cheese and cow's milk. So that may work for them, but it doesn't necessarily work for us. So in those different ways, you know, our bodies are different because of our historical uh, use of food, you know, because from Africa, we had a lot of veggies and we had native grains and like teff and millet and, you know, ground food and all of that. Um, And a lot of that is not in our diets today. And I think many people suffer so many unnecessary health issues because we try to live this standard American diet, which doesn't work for our bodies. You know, a lot of us over here, unfortunately, um, are taught not to identify with Africa, not to identify with the continent, just because we, you know, we're brought over here. We're in a different situation. We can do different things, but there are these other aspects that connect us as people. So can you can you dig into more about how that works, how we can be thinking about the connection between our diet from the continent and how that still affects us here? So we still have our DNA from when we were in the continent, which gives us our melanin, our features, all of that, but it also affects everything and all of our biological systems in our body. And so when you come from a place that was eating a lot of whole foods, a variety of foods to this country where when we were um, enslaved, all they had was like um, gruel, you know, um, they would give us, of course, we know the worst parts of the pig. A lot of um, African people didn't even eat pork before they came over here. And so we were... um, you know, our diet was colonized also. So besides just people, right, our diet was colonized and it was um, brought into the European worldview of what they were eating. Even as we were cooking as enslaved people, we had to cook more towards the European taste, but we were farmers and gardeners. And that was one of the reasons why they brought us over here in the first place, because we knew how to farm and and take care of things and grow things. And so we really were moved from our traditional diet to more of a European style diet. And then over the history of being here in the United States and the industrialization of food became more processed foods. And now we are all, no matter what race or even socioeconomic space you are in, we are all victims of the uh, processed food industry that we live in. You know, all of this stuff was not here, you know, more than 50 years ago. And so all of this is new and we're all suffering from this new diet that is here And I think that coming back to traditional foods, whole foods, can I think help us as we uh, go on in our community. Could you speak about how our bodies process processed foods um, as opposed to whole foods? For those of us who don't know, it may be like, well, you know, this packaged food that I'm getting over here is food. I'm full. You know, I got energy. How is that different than, you know, eating a whole food? So when you eat things like uh, white sugar, candy, soda, packaged cookies, fast food, a lot of that stuff, when you eat it, what it's going to do is, of course, raise your blood sugar, one. Um, And over time, that's going to cause stress on your pancreas, which will lead to diabetes, right? So that's one route. Then if you eat those foods, it's also adding a lot of fat, sugar, And so what that does is clog your arteries. So just when you eat, like, you know, when you eat sugar and it causes plaque on your teeth, 
right? It also causes plaque within your organs, right? And so that affects that as well. If you're drinking a lot of alcohol, taking a lot of prescription medication, that is affecting your liver and your liver's ability to digest foods, to clean your body. Um, Toxins out of your body can cause kidney stones, gallstones, gallbladder damage, um, so many things. So that is pretty much what processed food does. It causes obesity, causes you to gain weight, throws your body off track of its just natural ability to be as uh, vibrant and vital as it can. Whole foods are things that grow naturally out of the earth that have not really been processed. So like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds, beans, those kind of things that you can grow in your garden that they can grow and then you come directly to your plate. Even if you eat meat, right, that's a whole food, which is different than the processed burger at McDonald's, right? Because they add all kinds of additives and preservatives and all of that kind of stuff, which causes their own issues. Um, so whole foods um, have the fiber, the vitamins, the minerals, everything that your body needs to be its best. And besides just whole, if you also add raw foods, so raw foods are foods that have not been cooked have something called enzymes in it. And so enzymes, I like to think of like a battery. So when you know you have a battery that has a plus or minus charge and it has to be in there right for whatever you're putting it into work, enzymes have that positive charge that helps your body to process things better. It gives you more energy um, and all of that. So whole foods, give your body the nutrients that it needs to be its best processed foods are going to stress your organs, stress your body, and ultimately overcome it. And that leads to the cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, all of these things that we see today. So I think one of the arguments against this that I hear from our community is that like this is a thing that white folks can only do, or uh, white folks have the luxury or they can afford to eat whole foods. Often people speak about this as if it's like a a new idea. I mean, I think that is an age-old question of of money, but ultimately it's about priorities, in my opinion, because if you can get your hair done, your nails done, if you have the freshest gear, you're smoking weed, you're drinking alcohol, you're getting your party dance on at the club every week, your kids got all the video games, all of these things, you have money to eat a healthier diet, right? Now, if you don't, then you start with whole foods like a bag of apples, some rice, some beans, some kale. Those things are not expensive. So I know sometimes a lot of people may work two and three jobs and may not have time to do that, but that is part of it. How do you have um, soul food that's healthier? How do you have a way for people to eat healthy foods that's not expensive, that's similar ingredients that they're used to and still be tasty and satisfying? And unfortunately, a lot of people are just addicted. Many people are addicted to sugar. Sugar is addicting. Caffeine is addicting. Alcohol is addicting. Um, processed food is addictive by, because of all the additives and preservatives that they put into it to make it addictive. So yeah, it's that and, and us just valuing, going back to valuing ourselves and our bodies and our communities and our families' health to those changes. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. 
And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You know, when we're thinking about nutrition specifically, the information that you're offering is contrary to what we've been taught, right? We've been taught, hey, take a pill for this, whether it's a physical health issue, whether it's a mental health issue, a stress, you know, we've been taught, hey, just trust this system that's going to provide you with the medicine that you'll be on forever. And for folks who may be busy, like the folks you're talking about who have, may have two or three jobs, like that might be the simple way to go about it. What's wrong with that approach? I don't want to say you can never take medication. Medication for me is always the last resort. It's never the first. And a lot of times it's the first. And as you said, take it forever. So if you take it forever, you are making the pharmaceutical industry rich, right? Instead of really healing yourself. Medication is not for healing. What it does is it focuses on stopping you from feeling something, right? So uh, it's like, say, a pain medication is stopping the pain receptor in your body, but it's not going towards the actual cause of the pain, right? So that is the difference between medicine and holistic, right? A lot of things and a lot of issues that we have can be solved by our habits. A lot of the issues that we have can be solved by our day-to-day habits. So if you wake up and you drink coffee, and you have eggs and bacon for breakfast, and then for lunch you have a burger, and for dinner you have chicken, you're giving your body way too much protein from animal source. You're giving your body way too much fat, different types of fat, saturated fats. You're giving your body caffeine. Um, And so that cocktail, as we've seen, is what leads to the health problems in our community. So if you start your day with maybe some herbal tea that has no caffeine or a smoothie, me personally, I eat all kinds of stuff for breakfast. I'll eat soup for breakfast. I'll eat salad at breakfast, you know, and just it's, it's kind of about changing our perspective and our mind state of what tradition is, because the traditions that we currently live with are not our traditions. They're traditions of the media, corporations, and the government that really don't have our best interests at heart. And me personally, I use herbs instead of medication. If I am having a headache or if I'm not feeling well, you know, I use different types of herbs. And I think that we have to go back to doing that because in um, Africa, we traditionally use herbs as healing. In the Caribbean, we use herbs as healing. Allopathic medicine is what we currently live under, which is what Western medicine is, which is cutting, bleeding, and drugging. And that is how they heal us, quote unquote. But really, we need to focus on diet, herbs, and stress relief, I would say, to heal ourselves and live our healthiest, best life. How does stress contribute to illness? The Western way that we look at things is like separate. Like everything is, okay, it's about your heart. Okay, it's about, you know, um, your pancreas with your insulin. It's, everything is very separate. But we are whole beings. 
right? We are whole human beings. And so any emotion that we have is affecting our health. So whether it is sadness, right? Like they say, you feel things in your gut or you feel it in your heart or whatever. These things are affecting our health. So stress um, makes um, something called cortisol, which elevates your blood pressure, um, which affects your body's ability to digest nutrients, puts um, a stress on your adrenal glands, which affects your hormones. It can constrict your blood vessels, which raises your blood pressure. And over time, that's wearing your body out, right? Any extra stress you add to your body and your organs, it wears it out, it wears it down. And depending on your family's personal history, right, you're going to be more susceptible to whatever that is. Like my family has a history of allergies and we have a history of cancer. Someone else's family might have a history of high blood pressure. Someone else might have a history of diabetes. So whatever um, your family history is, is going to make you more susceptible to those things, stress, anger, sadness, all of those emotions that we have affect different organs, different systems in different ways. And plus, on top of that stress, a lot of times, um, we lean towards things to help negate that. But a lot of times that's alcohol, cigarettes, poor quality foods. And so that on top of just the emotion itself adds to how that affects our, our life. So what are some ways, some alternative ways we can be dealing with stress? I think we always have stress. Stress is, not all stress is bad. Sometimes you can just be doing a lot and not realizing that you're in a stress space, but just realizing stress is an everyday thing first, whether you realize it or not. And then uh, what are ways that you in your life can find ways to deal with that? Um, one thing I do is, is meditation. Meditation has been scientifically proven to reduce stress, reduce the effect that stress has on your body by lowering your blood pressure by um, actually rewiring your brain and your thoughts um, to deal with things better. Um, going out in nature, I know a lot of times we just sit inside all day, you know, and we don't go out, we don't get fresh air. So nature has been scientifically proven to help reduce stress. Just walking in nature, being around the trees, being in the sun, um, all of those things help to reduce stress. Um, exercise, exercise um, helps to reduce stress. Laughing, you know, laughing is, is I would say, one of my stress relievers. Um, I'll always try to find like a stand-up um, comedian or something like that to add laughter to my life or find a funny meme or music and dancing um, can relieve stress um, because you can put on your favorite song and start to dance and just change, you know, your energy. You mentioned how our diets or nutrition has been colonized, you know, what other areas of ourselves of, as holistic beings have been colonized? Um, you know, our relationship was definitely colonized by just being enslaved and being sold off and uh, the welfare system and how that separated families uh, would not allow the men to be in the home. Um, the uh, prison industrial system, you know, jailing uh, Black men unfairly. The media promoting you know, Black people as negative thugs, you know, all of those things. Um, and, and one thing specific for women, our self-worth our self and our, um, 
self-beauty, you know, has been colonized. And, and not to talk about anyone who chooses to wear weave or perm or any of that, but those are colonized um, spaces, you know, that we live with every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you can't wake up and love yourself for who you are 100%, um, that is is a colonized way to live, you know? So yeah, I mean, I have, I, I promote natural health and natural healing, natural hair, um, natural body products, you know, we put on our skin. Everything has been colonized in so many ways. So um, you know, and more than and and I'll say colonize and colonize under the corporate system that we live in, the miseducation, like I didn't know how to take care of my hair naturally till I was like in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, natural hair is very popular now, you know, but it wasn't at a certain point, you know, even to the point of you can't wear locks or natural hair in certain um certain jobs, you know what I'm saying? To this day, you know, to this day um, affects, you know, your self-esteem, you know, and just the love that you have for yourself to be naturally who you are. And it, it takes bravery um, and study to, you know, break those chains um, mentally um, and just say, you know what, I'm going to be me 100% however I talk, however I look, you know, my vibe, my swag, all of that, it takes, you know, discipline in the end and, and self-love. And I think that we are such dynamic, strong beings that we've been able to, to do that. And we're still in the process of, of getting to that space. But I think now more than ever, it's, it's easier because we have such a connection to the world, because we have such a connection to other people through social media and stuff. We're learning more of how to love ourselves 100% of the way that we are. Could you define healing for me? Healing to me means lack of disease, anything that is hurt, being um, renewed, refreshed from any anything. You know, you could heal from a cut. You could heal from a bad relationship. You know, you can heal from many different things. So it just, to me, it's a way of, of touching on things, um, being refreshed, renewed, revitalized. There's four stages of healing. One is hematosis. So that's when um, your blood starts to clot. And then there's inflammation, your body gets inflamed, and then your uh, white blood cells come to help it. Um, and then there's proliferation, that's when more cells start coming and start to say, hey, there's something going on, let's start healing this. And then there's the maturation phase where um, the it's been, the scab has come, the inflammation is slowly starting to come down. And then over time, you know, the area that was hurt starts to get healed and, and be healed ultimately. So the four stages of healing, I think, happens um, in, in many different ways, whether it's um, emotional, right? Like somebody says something crazy to you. So you're like, ah, oh my good, I can't believe you said that. And then you get inflamed, which is like being upset. Right. And then the proliferation stage is like, okay, what can I do 
um, to deal with my current emotions based off what someone said. So it's like, am I going to take some deep breaths? Am I going to knock them out? Am I going to um, meditate? What are the tools that I'm going to use to deal with this offense? And then the maturation is the um, doing those tools, using those tools over and over and over again until you can get past the hurt. Does that make sense? So healing is a process, you know, um, that shows up in different ways depending on what it is. But I believe in the four stages, whether it's a cut, whether it's emotional, that um, it takes its time. And then depending on the tools that you use, can it depend on how healed you are, how healed you become um, over time? In your opinion, what are the major ailments that our community needs to heal from you know us as a, as a people could be physical could be mental spiritual i think that we need to heal from let's start with diet of course just you know being victims of the standard american diet healing from that and the um effects that it has on our body um i think that we need to heal from the um emotional space of oppression and racism, you know, um, because oppression shows its way in so many different um, areas from being able to get a job to they're, um, they're not even, um, you know, saying that your house costs what it costs, you know, like so many different areas to, you know, I drive by the police and my heart starts beating fast, you know, um, to someone wants to say something negative to me uh, in a racial space. Um, the constant um, danger, you know, that we live under, you know, like how many people have gotten killed and, you know, all of that. And that's a collective space of of sadness for many of us. Do you think that we realize that we need to heal as as a people? I think there's both. I think there's definitely pockets, you know, of our community that are waking up to, you know, everything we're going through, through that are waking up to, you know, um, things that we use from ancient Kemet, like yoga and meditation and, you know, herbs and all those things, which are really, you know, part of our ancestry. Um, I think that people are, are waking up to that. I think that people are waking up to the fact that they have to change their habits, you know, to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, and then I think there's people who just, you know, live in the day-to-day, -day, the standard American lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? And just not woke, you know, if that's what you want to say. Um, so I think there's both. But I do feel like I've seen, you know, over the past 30-some years that I've been, you know, dealing with holistic health and on my own journey, um, that it has improved. It, we have grown um, a lot as a collective of people. Um, sometimes I think that because we're all dealing with so much, it's hard to also have the bandwidth to help others that, that need help. You know, it's like, dang, I can't even deal with my own stuff. I gotta be helping you all the time. What are the top noticeable changes in your life since you've you know, started this holistic health journey? What's noticeably different now that you think may not have been different if you would have continued on the path that you were on? 
Um, I think that I would still be on medication. <laughs> um, uh, I think that I would still be dealing with all my health issues and probably at a, a higher rate, you know, at this age. Um, my mother would probably not be here um, because she had MS. And I put her on, you know, a raw food, vegan diet and herbs and certain uh, healing supplements. You know, her her diet, her her MS, I would say, improved at least 90% within the first month. And that was over 20 years ago, you know. Um, and so if you have MS, you are either in 20 years supposed to be either in a wheelchair or, or unfortunately not here. Um, my husband would still be dealing with gout and would not um, be on his health journey that he's on now, you know, from martial arts to his music and and all of that. Um, I feel like, you know, um, yeah, I think those main things and, you know, would would not be the same. <laughs> those would definitely not be what they are now. I wouldn't even be doing the work that I'm doing, I don't think, if if I hadn't, you know, focused on trying to heal myself. A lot of this has been talk around changing eating habits. And I think a lot of time when folks hear these things and hear the word diet or hear the word detox, they think of something that's probably more like, uh, uh, what's it called? Like a trend diet. Like, um, you know, I'm going to do this to get ready for the summer or something like that. What you're describing seems to be different than what I think most folks associated with the sort of short-term uh, approach to to diet? It's a lifestyle because you can do a diet for two weeks, but if you go back to what you were doing before, you're going to be back in the same place you were in another two weeks. And this is a lifestyle because holistic health is a lifestyle because it's your day, like I said, your day-to-day habits, even with detoxing, right? I detox with the seasons. And I see that as a practice within my life. And when you do it every three months, then as soon as you've done detoxing, you still want to stay healthy. You still want to keep in that health space. And by the time the three months comes around, you might have added a little bit more chips, added a little bit more sweets and that kind of stuff. But then it's time to detox again, right? So if you continue these practices Throughout your life, it becomes a lifestyle. And in our brand, RBG Fit Club, we have something called the five P's, the five principles, knowledge, nutrition, exercise, rest, and consistency, right? And so consistency is where all of these things become your lifestyle. So it's not just one day I did this and that's it. It's a consistent thing. And if you consistently change your habits or add healthier habits, then that is how it becomes your lifestyle. A detox is such a a spiritual thing as well that um, you have to be ready for it. And then within that space, you'll find that you have um, time and energy to focus on like self-love. So it is also mental. So, you know, are you doing your mantras, your affirmations, your meditation? Um, do you want to do a vision board at that time? Do you want to do a fire ceremony and, and release negative energy? Rest, rest is, is one of the most important things. And I think people forget about that, um, for your immune system. So if you think of your, immune system like your phone, right? 
And when your phone starts to turn red, right, you know that it's about to die, right? And so that's kind of how your immune system works. And so sleep, when you're asleep, you're charging your phone or you're charging your body. And that's when you're charging your immune system. And if you're not going to get enough rest, you're going to lower your immune system. And that in itself can make you susceptible to getting sick. You have any um, quick tips for us to strengthen our immune systems, you know, given the current state of things? Yes. Um, so one, let's let's start with what you're going to take out. You got to take out sugar, like white sugar, brown sugar, right? Um, or reduce it as much as possible. And if you are going to add sweetener, it should be like 100% maple syrup or like some honey. Um, so get rid of sugar. Um, alcohol. You know, and if you do drink alcohol, it should be, you know, once a week or or less. Um, no smoking. Um, cigarettes. And if you're smoking herb, you know, make sure you're using paper or something like that and not doing that all day, every day, um, because it's still smoke. And smoke is still damaging your lungs, which could make it um, susceptible to viruses and, and things like that. Um, and adds mucus to your body as well, depleted of vitamin C, um, stuff like that. Um, get rid of, uh, junk food, fast food, um, stuff like that. Um, and then add in, add in water, add in herbal tea, add in lemon water. When you wake up in the morning, add in meditation, um, make sure you're getting in your green vegetables every day, add in green juices, take some shots of wheatgrass, make sure you're getting your rest, um, reducing your stress. Um, stress is very um, harmful to the body and that can reduce your immune system. And so managing that with, as we said earlier, meditation, nature, music, laughter, that kind of stuff. For folks listening who are trying to either make a change to their nutrition or get those around them, to make changes, you know, what are some of the ways that folks can take baby steps to to make those changes or to help others make those changes? First, we have to start with self because, you know, if you're not being disciplined, anybody trying to hear what you got to say, they're like, yeah, 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 but you over here doing this, the same thing I'm doing, you know? So first you have to start with self. And I'm a vegan, but I don't feel like people have to be vegans to be healthy. So I would say I would start with taking out candy, soda, fast food, any junk food, you know, and not like you can't have vegan ice cream sometimes or vegan cookies sometimes, but that should not be an everyday thing. Um, so just start with, if you just do that, you will notice a large change right in your diet. And then over time, you're going to, besides just taking things out, add things in. So making sure you're getting in your green vegetables three times a day, you're eating fresh, fresh fruit and fresh vegetables every day. Um, you're drinking water, you're drinking half your body weight in ounce, ounces of water every day. So adding those kind of things back in. Um, so yeah, just doing basic things like that um, first um, will have a tremendous change on your diet and your life. Um, sometimes doing a detox detoxing is very helpful. Um, my book, The Five Season Detox, um, is, is a guide of how to do a healthy detox through the seasons. Um, and I use food as healing. Um, we use herbs as well. And then there's some self-love practices in the book. Um, and a detox is a great way to start because once you 
detox and cleanse and you start adding things back in, your body is going to tell you what it wants or not, right? So once you start saying, okay, I've detoxed, I only ate fruits and veggies, or only did raw, or only did juice, and now I'm adding back in a burger, you're going to be so like, your body is going to be so constipated. Your stomach is going to be hurt. And, you know, all of these things um, are going to start to happen and you'll start be able, being able to listen to your body, you know, once you do a detox, once you do a cleanse. So, so yeah, kind of starting there. And then, you know, other people, I realized that you cannot change anyone else, right? You can only change yourself and you can only be an example. You have to let go of trying to change people, right? Because people are going to be who they are. And then that's going to ultimately start stressing you out because um, you're trying to do this and that. And it's like, yeah, but they're going to do what they want to do. But if you stay on your path, if you stay on your path, people are going to come around and you will start seeing it's like, okay, it's, it's been two years and, and they're like, okay, you still healthy? You still on that health stuff? All right, now I'm going to come to you. When they're usually, uh, unfortunately, usually when they're having some type of health issue, they're going to come to you. But, you know, I've seen it in 30 years. I've seen mad people are like, okay, you still on that? Now I need it. You know what I'm saying? So you being on your path, you continually striving for your best health is the best way to get others around you to also do that. To learn more about holistic health, check out Afia's newest book, The Five Season Detox. Refresh, release, recharge, and realign with every season. And just like that, we're at the end of this episode of Black History Year. This podcast is produced by Push Black the nation's largest nonprofit black media company. At Push Black, we agree with Marcus Garvey when he said, a people without knowledge of their past, history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. And I'm guessing you probably feel that's important too. I mean, you're here at the end of a podcast about black history. You matter. Your choice to be here matters. It lets us know that you value the work. Push Black exists because we saw we had to take matters into our own hands. And you make Push Black happen with your contributions at blackhistoryyear.com. Most people do five or ten bucks a month, but every little bit makes a difference. Appreciate you supporting the work. The Black History Year production team includes Tarek Alani, Patrick Sanders, Leslie Taylor Grover, William Anderson, Jerea Bradley, Brooke Brown, Siobhan Chapman, Tabitha Jacobs, Albany Jones, Brianna Lambach, Courtney Morgan, Zane Murdoch, Aquia Tay, Tasha Taylor, and Darren Wallace. Producing the podcast, we have Sydney Smith and Sasha Kai Parker, who also edits the show. And Black History Year's executive producer is Julian Walker. And I'm Jay from Push Black. Peace.